Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys here today. If you have a Bible, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, you know, when you stop to think about it, our physical body is really a miraculous thing. The, the way that our bodies are able to work and, and, you know, as we breathe and as we are just simply thinking and moving and, and uh, just living our life without even thinking about it, our body is doing a million different things that keep us actually working together, right? Um, the human heart pumps 8,000 liters of blood in our body every day. The, our eye can see over 7 million different colors. Our, our skin is, is sensing and detecting sensations that relay messages uh, to our brain. A, a million things happening right now. You're breathing, you're digesting, you're growing new cells. Your, your body is repairing damaged old cells. Your body is purifying toxins. It's converting stored energy from fat to blood sugar. Your body is raising and lowering blood temperature. Your, your, your body is maintaining a steady uh, body temperature. Our body is really a miracle. Scripture says we're fearfully and, and wonderfully made. And it's a miracle, I think, how the human anatomy works. And all of this is happening without us worrying about it or thinking about it. It's just happening. But while the body is typically a well-oiled machine, Oftentimes there are issues that do arise and, 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 and that is in the form of injury or pain or, or infection, uh, disease. And fortunately there are some signs that we can kind of pick up on. Our body talks to us, our body communicates to us when something's not right. And so one of the obvious signs is just simply pain. If we have pain, if something's hurting, then we know something in our body is off. That's the way that our body communicates to us. And so pain is an obvious one. Sometimes you have a muscle twitch or, you know, some kind of muscle spasm that's twitching. And uh, oftentimes uh, that's probably a sign that you're overstressed, you're overworked. And so your body's trying to tell you to slow down. Sometimes you, you might actually feel a little fatigued and maybe you're just exhausted all the time, emotionally and physically. You feel like you're at the end of your rope and you don't know what to do. You feel like you're going crazy and that's probably a sign that you just live with teenagers, but um, our body has a way of, of, of speaking to us, of communicating uh, to us. And today in 1 Corinthians 12, as we continue this series called Messy, we're going to learn that God established the church and he wanted it to operate like a human body. Right? And so he calls us the body of Christ. And sometimes the body is a little messy and it doesn't function the way that it's actually supposed to function. So what happens then when it doesn't? What happens when the church, the body of Christ, isn't functioning in a healthy way? Well, when your, your body parts aren't working the way they were designed to work, then the entire body suffers. There's pain, there's sickness. And in the same way, a church can be sick. A church can have disease, a, a church can be unhealthy, and if that happens, we lose our effectiveness uh, in the community, we lose our effectiveness in impacting the city with the gospel. And so when the people in the church aren't serving, loving each other the way that God designed us to serve each other, the entire body suffers and the entire city suffers. When the body suffers, the community is hurt. And so we miss out on the blessing that God wants to, wanted to give us and our city lost people miss out on the blessing that we would have given them. 
Right, and so here's the question I want us to think about today. How is the body of Christ supposed to serve together? How are we, in fact, supposed to serve together? How are we supposed to operate together? God calls us the body of Christ. Our human body works like a well-oiled machine most of the time, right? But what happens when the church, the body of Christ, isn't serving and working in that way? That's what we're going to look at today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we'll start in verse 1. If you have your Bibles, here we go. It says, now concerning the spiritual gifts. All right, so let's, let's just kind of understand that this chapter and then working in the chapter 13, working in the chapter 14 as we continue for the next few weeks, he's talking about spiritual gifts. And uh, in two weeks, I'm going to really dive into different spiritual gifts and what they are and, and talk about those. Today, though, he starts this discussion and he says, concerning the spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to understand what it means to have a spiritual gift, who has one and, and what they actually are. And so he says there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are a variety or varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in certain people who look really cool or that are qualified in some way to have a spiritual gift. That's not what it says. Who empowers them all in who? Say it with me. Everybody, right? To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for your personal success in life so that you can be really wealthy and you can have all the stuff that you want and have a beautiful wife and your kids have it all together. That's why you're gifted, right? No, it's for the common good. It's not just for your benefit. And now the great thing is you get to benefit in your business as a leader from the spiritual gifts that God has given you. If God has given you the gift of leadership or the gift of administration, you're probably rocking it out in your business. And you're leading and your business is growing and it's doing amazing, right? That's incredible. But... If we're only using our gifts for our own personal gain, we're missing the whole point, right? So we see a few things. Anytime the Bible in a very short couple of verses uses the same word, we should notice it, right? And so the variety word is, is given to us three times here. He says there's a variety. In other words, there are many different gifts, many gifts, right? And there are many ways to actually serve God. There are many gifts, many ways to serve God, many activities here, uh, which means many different uh, ways that we can serve God, but it's one spirit and it's all for the common good, right? So if we're going to take a note today, then let's, let's write this down. Every follower of Jesus has been given a spiritual gift. Every single one of us who have put our faith in Jesus, when we accepted Christ into our life, the gift of the Holy Spirit is given to us in that moment. It's not given to us later on, you know, uh, because you did something or acted a certain way or, or, you know, manifested some kind of spiritual gift in some way. The moment of salvation is the moment the gift of the Holy Spirit is given to you. And when the Holy Spirit is given to us, he is also giving us a spiritual gift. And so part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is beginning to figure out what that gift actually is or gifts. There might be more than one, 
But there's at least one gift that he gives to us, and that's part of the journey, our faith journey as believers, that we're discovering what this is, right? So every follower of Jesus has been given a spiritual gift. Let's keep going. Actually, that's 12. Where are we at? Verse 12, here we go. He says, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So this is the the body illustration. You've most likely heard this before, but he's telling us here in in kind of a, a broader sense, what I want you to begin to think about is that every follower of Jesus will be a part of a local church. Every follower of Jesus will be a part of a local church. And here's why. He says the church is like a body. And everyone who has faith in Jesus will be a part of a body. Now, a lot of people are going to call themselves a Christian and they're not going to be a part of a body. And what they're doing is they're missing one of the most essential things of uh, of what Christianity teaches us and the Bible teaches us about being engaged in the mission of God. What you've got to realize is that you have a role to play in God's church. You've been gifted to play this role, and it's important for you to commit to a local church, a body of believers. God has placed, I fully believed in you, a role to play in this church. And if not this church, it'll be another church. At FC, we teach uh, that, that church is really like a team, and we operate like a team. It's, it's like a, a body, and so we have different positions to play, different roles to play. But at the same time, we're unified around the gospel. We're unified around the Great Commission. We put our personal preferences to the side. We put the gospel at the center. We overcome these differences of opinions about various things. And we unify around making disciples. And so when you become a a partner at FC, what we're doing and what we're saying when we do that is that we're going to fulfill our part. We're going to play our part. In other words, you can count on me. If you just attend FC or you just come every now and then and you've not made a commitment to join, today's really an opportunity for you to hear the word of God just speak into your life. Uh, and, and really, my hope is to encourage you to take your next step of faith. At FC, we use the term partner instead of the word member. Uh, and, and that's really just because we wanted a term that everyone could really hear and realize that there's ownership in that word. When I become a partner, I am becoming a part. I take ownership in my part to play. Uh, when I'm a member of a country club or a gym, I don't have to go. I, I, I don't, you know, I get served by them to do different things. You know, they got the towels ready. They got all the stuff ready for me. And I can, I can complain if, if the towel wasn't clean. You know, members just kind of gives a, a different uh, vibe. The word partner is, is, is a sense of ownership. That as a follower of Jesus, I need to take ownership for my spiritual growth and spiritual health and spiritual life. And so that means as we look at this illustration, he's saying the parts of the body are gonna work in unison. They're gonna work together and that's gonna create a healthy body. It's gonna create a healthy church. And so the church is a body made up of many parts, 
But when they work in unison, they function as a healthy church. So how do we obtain unity? And he says here in verse 13 that we were baptized by the Holy Spirit. That's not a, there's, there's not a second baptism. Some people teach that. I, I don't believe the Bible teaches that. There is one baptism and he's not talking about water, you know, going under the water at this point. He's talking the, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is simply when we come to faith, the Spirit comes within our spirit, right? He becomes a part of us. And so we are baptized in him. And so it's the Holy Spirit that unifies us. It's the Holy Spirit that, that prompts us when we want to get selfish to not go selfish. It's the Holy Spirit that guides us when we want to get angry and mad that we don't. And we demonstrate the, few, the fruits of the Spirit in our life, right? To overcome, emotionally become healthy, emotionally grow. And as we do, the Spirit is allowing us to mature in our faith. And so now we're dealing with people differently. That's why it all really comes back to relationships and how we deal with relationships. And, and this is how he brings unity in the church as we're focused on the Great Commission. We see this imagery and when we see this and we hear this, we realize that church membership really is a biblical concept. It's not just something that churches said, hey, we want to have a list of members and, and then we can, you know, they can, you know, have a list or, or, you know, just have names on a list. And that means we're all going to heaven or something. That's not what it is. It's, it's a way for you to identify with a group of local believers. It's a way for you to become a part of the body of Christ on mission with those people that you have committed to and that have committed to you in general. Now, think about it like this, uh, back in biology class or, 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 or whatever, maybe you're in the medical field and you've, you've seen this, but um, when, when you see those specimen jars, you know, like with the yellow water and they have like body parts in them, like I have a liver or a heart or a hand or something like that. Um, if you're like me, that's just disgusting. Like, I don't want to see that. It is very unnatural. Um, for, for some of you in the medical field, that might like, you know, get you going. I don't know. But for most of us, it's unnatural to see that. Right? And so in the same way, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are a part of the body of Christ at large. But if you're not connected to a local church, if you're not committed to a local church, you're like that body part in a jar. It's just a very unnatural thing. It, it, it's a very, it's, it, you look at it, it's, it's, it's intended to be attached. It should be connected to a body somewhere. It was at some point, but for whatever reasons, it's not now. It's a very unnatural thing. It's not God's plan. His plan is that you would be attached to a body of believers called the church. Let's keep going. Verse 14. <clears throat> for the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong, right? Let's, let's, let's underline that. The foot might say, or the, I, I'm not a hand, so I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. It's still a part of the body, whether he says he is or not. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body that would not make it any less a part of the body, right? So we're seeing, we're seeing this, this, this idea of belonging. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. He chose what gift you're gonna get. He chose what church he was gonna send you to and, 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 and call you to, to be a part of. 
If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So here's what we're learning. Some partners don't think they belong. Some people think they don't belong. If, if the hand says, I'm not an eye, so I don't belong. Or the foot says, well, I'm not a hand, so I don't belong. I think there were some people in the church in the city of Corinth that were kind of thinking in this way. They were thinking, you know what? I'm not as important as some of the other people. I don't have the education. I don't have the money. I don't look the way they look or whatever. And so the tendency for, for us, I think just human nature is not to have confidence, you know, and so we're all a little self-confident and, uh, you know, lack that self-confidence. And so essentially we start to look at others and say, well, they got it together. They know more. They, they have what it takes. I don't, I just don't belong. And sometimes it's that lack of confidence or just those insecurities that would lead us to say, I, I don't belong. And, and then we would also sometimes just, if it doesn't go perfect or smooth, right? I wanted to do this and they didn't have a spot. And so I just don't belong. And then we start blaming people and we make ourselves out to be a victim. We're a victim. We start finding ways that everybody is against us. And it's like, well, no, 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 no. The Bible says that you do belong. You hear us say it at FC all the time. It's actually a biblical concept. You belong here. And when you, when you are joining FC, you are, are, are saying that I am going to play a part in the ministries of Foothills Church. The I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you because all are important, right? I, I hear people say this, I, I, would, I would get involved, but I just don't know a lot about the Bible. I'd get involved, uh, but I just don't have anything to offer. I would get involved, but I just don't know where to serve. I would get involved, but I'm in a really hard place in my life. All of those excuses, all of those reasons are just that. They're just excuses that make us feel better about why we shouldn't be serving God in some capacity. And I could come up with a million reasons why I couldn't teach today or I shouldn't, you know, come to work tomorrow. There, there are a lot of creative ways that we could all come up with to say that I don't need to do something. Like we're creative when we don't want to do something or when we don't understand something or when it's difficult or challenging or it puts us outside of our comfort zone. But this is way different than going to work. This is way different than having a hard conversation. This is a biblical command that as a part of the body of Christ, we're called to serve the body. We're called to serve the church, accomplishing a greater mission. And so when we don't, it's disobedience. It's disobedience. We miss the blessing that God has for us. Some partners don't think they belong, but he's saying, yes, we all do. We all can't be a hand. We all can't be the foot. We all can't be the eye. There are a diversity of gifts, he's saying. There's a diversity of gifts, and that is a good thing. If you've ever thought, well, I, what I'm gifted in is just kind of unique and whatever, perfect. Let's find a place for that unique gift to be used and served in God's church. There is a way. I think when we create reasons why we can't serve, we're really just creating spiritual problems for ourselves. We're missing out on the blessing. You, in fact, belong and there is a place for you to serve here at Foothills Church. Let's keep going in verse 21. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, 
nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So in this situation, there must have been some people in the church at this, at this time who thought they were a little bit uh, more superior than the other people. Their gifts were, you know, a little bit higher, a little bit more grand, a little bit more important. And so they were saying things. So, so Paul is saying things like, hey, the, the head can't say to the feet, hey, we don't need you, right? So you might jot this down. Some partners think they're superior, right? So, some people in the church think they're Superman, they're superior, they wanna do all the work. Some churches, you know, kind of operate with a couple of superheroes and they do everything and everybody else just sits and watches. That's very unhealthy, right? Some, some people might have an ego. Some people might think that what they do is more important than, than what others do. And that's essentially the opposite of what Paul is trying to teach us here. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. All are important. He goes on to say here that the members that seem weaker aren't really weak at all. They're really the people who are working behind the scenes, right? The people that may not be up front, people that may not, you know, you, 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 you don't get to see what they're doing. They, they might be serving in a way that is behind the scenes. And he says, those are indispensable, and then he goes into this uh, explanation of why they're indispensable in verse 23. And he says, those parts of the body that, are, that we think are less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. That there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. I, I think it I think it's, could be simply put this way. We need all our parts doing their part. <laughs> we need all of our parts doing their part, playing their role in the life of this church. Sometimes in the church, I think it's, it's easy for us to, to think if we don't see it, it's not as important. If it's not on stage, it's not as important. In verse 23, he says the unpresentable parts. There are certain parts of your body that needs to be covered up, right? Amen to that. Glory. Hallelujah. Some things just need to be covered. That doesn't mean that those parts that we cover are not important. No, those are some very important parts of the body that we all need. And he's saying here, just because they're covered, just because, you know, you don't see them operating doesn't mean they're not important. That's the idea. That's the, the concept. Not everybody is going to be on stage. There are certain parts of ministry that you're not going to notice, that you're not going to see up front um, in bright lights every single week. But that doesn't mean it's not a vital part of what it means to be the church. You don't see them, but right now there are hundreds of volunteers serving in our kids' ministry, not just doing childcare. They are developing mature disciples of Christ in relational environments. They are leaders who are showing up every week so that your son or daughter can have a consistent leader in their life, showing them the love of God, encouraging them and blessing them. You may not see them, but not only are they investing into your kids, they're allowing us to be able to have 
you know, a time where we can focus and not be distracted by all the stuff that kids bring into the service, right? People can hear the gospel and not be distracted. So a lot of good is happening right now and we're not even thinking about it. It's happening behind the scenes. You don't see it, but there were several volunteers that got here early today to make coffee, to prep the food, to get the cafe ready so that you could have a cup of coffee and be halfway awake for this service, right? A lot of work goes into that. Uh, several of our volunteers showed up early today setting up uh, tents and cones and all the different things that, that are important for first-time guests and visitors. And so all of that uh, happening before you know, church even gets started. Why? So that they can bless and serve those people who may be here for the first time and know where to go. And, and there's a ministry that connects with them. You don't see them, but there are hundreds of student leaders every Wednesday night pouring into uh, teenagers, loving on them, being consistent with them, walking with them, saying the same thing mom and dad might say, but your kids aren't listening to you, but they'll listen to a small group leader. And every week that is happening. You don't see them, but there are hundreds of production volunteers that are allowing you to hear my voice right now and see me on a screen if you're watching online today. Without our production volunteers, we wouldn't be able to have the ministry we have online. We wouldn't be able to have Knoxville ministries happening. We wouldn't be able to have a very good experience on Sunday morning. And so every single one of them, while you may not see them, while they might be behind the scenes, they are important. They are doing their part. The church functions like a body. And as each part does its part, we can be a healthy ministry. And so what this means is that everybody is needed. More people are needed and everyone belongs. God brought you here for a reason. He brought you here because we needed you here. We needed to experience your gifts. And I think one of our greatest fears as human beings is the fear of rejection. And so we go to a church and we're afraid that we're gonna be rejected or we're afraid that our gifts are gonna be rejected or just not accepted. And so that prevents us from taking a, a, a step of faith to say, you know what, I'm gonna step into this. I'm gonna just do you know, what I think you know, God is calling me to do. And so maybe you feel like you're not as gifted. Maybe you feel like, well, I don't know if I have a place or Maybe you feel like you're just not quite capable enough. Part of that feeling is that you just don't know yourself. Part of not having confidence in that area is just that you don't know yourself. You've forgotten your identity in Christ or maybe you've never been taught, you've never walked that journey of, of discovering who you are in Christ. What essentially that means is you've never, never discovered God's design for your ministry. And so we, we call it the journey process and, and, and the journey is all about your spiritual growth and coming alongside of you and helping you grow in your faith. And, and so it starts with base camp, just like you're climbing Mount Everest, by the way. You start at base camp. It's not boot camp, it's base camp. Everybody say base camp, ready? It's base camp. You learn what, what church is supposed to be about. We look at scripture, we talk about what it means to, to be a church and, and how you can get involved, how God wants you to get involved. And, and you can become a partner in that after the, taking that, those classes. And then secondly is camp two. Camp two is all about discovering your design in ministry. The word design is an acronym and it means you discover your desires, you discover your, or you think through your experiences in life because part of, part of who you are is, are, are the experiences that you've gone through. 
God took you through some pain so that you could repurpose that pain and, and be able to help other people walk through that pain, right? And so that's why we have to understand our experiences, and, and that's part of how God designed us. The S stands for spiritual growth. We're all on a different level, spiritually speaking, right? And so we begin to identify. Uh, understanding where you're at in your spiritual growth is one of the most valuable pieces that, of information you'll ever learn, because some of us think we're super Christians, Right? And, and, and we're far from the Lord. And some of us think that we're, you know, we, we barely know anything, but maybe, maybe we're completely off. We're probably somewhere in the middle. Going through that process is important. The I stands for individual style. So we all have a different personality and we discover what those personality types are and what that kind of looks like. The G stands for gifts. We've all been given uh, spiritual gifts as we're talking about today. And then finally, the N stands for natural abilities. Some of us just have natural abilities. Maybe you're, you know, you, you're, you're gifted with numbers or you're, you know, you're, you're, you're gifted with music or something to that. That, that. Those are natural abilities that, that God gives us. And so as you begin to have this self-discovery, now you're able to say, okay, here's where I fit. Here, here are some places of ministry that, that I, would, I would be able to add value to that. Right? It doesn't mean that it's easy and it doesn't mean that everything works out perfectly. Like, you know, I feel like I'm in, a, in the spot God wants me to be, but it's not easy. Right? There's a lot of challenges and difficulty being a leader in, in, in a church, but I still wake up every day knowing this is what God's called me to do. And so finding your design and, and using those gifts doesn't mean everything is peaches and creams, but it does mean that you're finally fulfilling the purpose that God has for you. And in this process you begin to discover more about yourself. And so camp three is the third step. Those are uh, what it looks like to help develop other people, uh, help grow other people, how to be a leader and how to grow and make disciples. That, that's a huge important uh, part to this process. And then there's, uh, finally, there's leadership summits. Leadership summits are every quarter and they're variety of topics and it's all about growing in your spiritual leadership. And, and so those, those uh, continually change as we offer different topics in different ways. And so these are, this is the, the, the process that can help you, you know, take those steps and get connected to God's church. This is a process of you discovering yourself and this allows you to become a better leader, a better church partner. But most of all, it helps you become closer to Jesus, right? That's the purpose. Those feelings that tell us that we aren't gifted, that we aren't capable, that we're, we're too messed up. Those are false feelings. Every follower of Christ is significant and important to God, has been gifted by God in unique ways. And if you're not functioning in your role, the church at large is hurt. This community is being hurt. As a man, I like my independence. And I think even as a, as a nation, we celebrate our independence. We take pride in our independence. But this scripture specifically is teaching us essentially that, that we need each other, that we, are we aren't independent. We are actually dependent on each other. When one part suffers, he says, we all suffer. When one part is honored, we all celebrate and honor that person. We are dependent on each other. That's a difficult concept for men specifically, for all of us, but men specifically because we want to be independent. We don't typically sit down and talk about our struggles. and We don't sit down and talk about, you know, where we're growing or not growing spiritually. But, but we need that to get to the place where God is calling us to be. 
We need to be in relationships with one another. And this is essentially what he's teaching us. And I could give you hundreds of stories. I could tell you hundreds of stories of people who connected and began to serve in this church. And as a result, this church was blessed. As a result, this church is what it is today. People like Bob Massey, who been serving in our production ministry for years now, probably 13, 12, 13 years. And even back in the school, when we were meeting in the school, just started. And Bob's always got a camera in his hand. You probably don't know him. You probably, hasn't, you probably haven't seen him. He's, uh, during the week, he's hanging lights. He's changing stage, probably committing a lot of OSHA violations when he's doing all this. But I mean, he's put himself in some pretty dangerous spots to, to get the, the look or the light or the whatever right. And it's his work, it's his ministry, it's his gift set. He's like, hey, this is what I've got. This is what I can bring. And over the years, God has used him on that production team in an incredible, incredible way. It is what it is, partly because of who he is and what he's done. There's folks like Paul and Tina Boyett who would die if they knew I was gonna say this today. But for 13 years, They've, they've led in a variety of ways, small group leaders, mentors, counselors, uh, care and prayer, cafe, like they've, they've almost done it all. Um, and as a result, so many lives have been touched. This church is what it is because of people like them, serving and using their gifts, finding a place, finding a way for them to add value to this community. I could talk to you about the 200 plus small group leaders that we have who every week are pouring into the lives of other people. They don't have it all together. They don't have it all figured out. They don't know everything in the Bible, but they're doing their best. They're, they're saying, you know what? Here I am, God, if, if you can use me, use me. And, and, the, and the greatest part is that they're willing. They're just willing. And when you step into a ministry and you just say, God, I'm willing, use me in any, any way, that you see fit. I don't have it all together, but use me in any way you see fit. He does and he blesses. And then you experience that blessing. And you experience what God wanted you to experience and they experience what they needed to experience. I could tell you about guys like Noah Lingerfelter who started to come to FC when he was just in high school. And he would tell you, he didn't have a clue what he was doing in his life and he was a knucklehead like most teenage boys. But God saved him. And over the years, God called him into full-time ministry. And he started as an intern here and then as a resident. And he went to college to get his Bible degree. And he just graduated from, from college and got that degree. Now he's on to seminary. And now he's serving in our Knoxville location and helping our next-gen ministry grow and, 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 and reaching a whole city, right? I mean, this is what God can do in, in and through each of us if we just say, yeah, I want to be a part of the body. I don't want to be in the glass jar looking all weird. I want to be a part of the body. I want to serve in some way. I can tell you about Don Gross. Some of you may not know him, but he's 88 years old. He's been serving here for 10 plus years. He, sits at, he stands at this back door every day and he shakes every single person's hand. <laughs> and he loves it. And sure, sure, yeah, yeah. And sure, the line backs up and you don't, you don't get out as soon, but it's okay because he finds purpose shaking your hand. 
He lost his wife a few years ago. Every week he's here. He hasn't missed. He plays his part. And you need to shake his hand more than you thought you did or you think you do. He, he needs to do this, but you need it as well. See, here's the reality. We get caught up in this life chasing after the wind. And if we're not careful, we'll spend an entire lifetime trying to find something that can't be found in this world. And at the end, the only thing that will matter is what did you do for Jesus? How did you serve him? How did you honor him? What treasures did you store up in heaven? That is what only matters to him. It's not individual accomplishments. It's what and how did you impact the community around you? And I want you to know, if you're new to FC, we're not done yet. We, we haven't arrived. There's so many new people here, and I, I want you to hear it from my mouth. We needed you. We actually built this place for you. We didn't know exactly the day you were going to come, but we've been talking about this for several years now. We, we created space because we knew you would be here. And we believe God brought you here. And I don't care what part of the country you're from, or I don't care if you've lived here your whole life and just got saved. I, it doesn't matter. You have been gifted, and, and, and we need you. And we want to engage you in this process. Every single one of you. <laughs> we have so much more work to do. We have so many more things that we want to experience. We have so much more that God wants us to experience. But it doesn't happen unless we all get involved in that Unless we all decide to take that step of faith. And I know it's scary. And I know some of you have been fighting about going to base camp for a while. Or some of you have been like, I don't know, we can't fit in our schedule or whatever. That's step one. Some of you have been to camp two, but you've never been to camp three. Whatever that step is, I want to encourage you to take it. Thank you so much for watching this video. We'd love for you to like the video and leave a comment. And we also encourage you to subscribe and click the bell so you never miss a post from Foothills Church. To learn more about FC, just head to our website by going to foothillschurch.com or by clicking the link in the description below.